Welcome to the DC Daily Drop, your one-stop shop for today's important news in DC movies, TV, and comics. Here are your hosts, Tom and Zach. Welcome to a Sunday, December 11th edition of the DC Daily Drop. I'm Tom. And I'm Zach. Today we're going to be recapping Season 3, Episode 9 of The Flash, titled The Present. It's got Um, a bit of a double meaning, I think. We'll talk about that. Maybe. Oh, I wonder how. (laughs) Are Are you sure it doesn't just mean the gift or... Is that wrong? I don't know. What'd you think of this episode, Zach? Uh, I will go ahead and say that this is my favorite episode of this season so far. Wow. Which is, you know, that's probably what they're shooting for with the mid-season finale. So They're probably shooting for that for every episode. True. <laughs> you, you can't win them all. Right. Yeah, I agree. I might agree with you. It might be my favorite. I would have to look back, but there was a lot of stuff happened. Um, you You're know, right. the they they always bring it with their mid-season finale it seems like and this was no different so a lot of good stuff a lot of fun easter eggs and uh, really starting to move the fo- the story forward yeah i when i was watching it like right about halfway through the show it kind of seemed like they had done everything that they would do in maybe a normal episode like they had resolved the right. same amount of stuff but the episode was only half over and there's still a lot left so that was really cool to see and obviously they can't do that in every episode but it was really nice for this one Right. I will say that Flash does a better job than most shows in terms of, I mean, even going dating back to when they first started, mm-hmm. they just throw everything at you. Oh, yeah. And, and that's a good thing and a bad thing um, because then they don't have as much. It's more, it makes the episodes more enjoyable and more meaningful, but then they've got less to throw at you later. But I think they do a good job of keep, I mean, they've got, there's no shortage of things that they, they do in each episode. Yeah. And Flash is a perfect character to set up all kinds of different realities and times that they can just keep throwing stuff at you. Oh, I mean, I mean, literally, it's the possibilities are infinite for stories they can tell with him. Exactly, they can take him anywhere. They can take him any time, um, and sometimes that can make things confusing. But sometimes it can make it really fun. Yep. Uh, so let's. I will. No, go ahead. Go ahead now into our spoiler summary of the episode. Oh yeah. Oh, I was just going to jump right in without even warning you oh, that these I, are spoilers. You should but, probably warn that spoilers are coming, but <laughs> I think it's assumed if you're downloading a recap of an episode, but we'll, we'll go ahead anyway. Yeah. Uh, so it opens up four years ago in the Indus Valley, and we see Julian is basically Indiana Jonesing. He even like has an Indiana Jones hat, um, but he's an archaeologist, and he finds a box and opens it, and something comes out, and he's screaming. Yeah, it's never a good idea if you find an ancient box to actually open it. I've yeah, never seen that end well. There's even like a smart lady there that's like, hey, maybe you shouldn't open that. And he's like, nah, man, I'm opening this. No, I got to do it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so back in present day, back in the present, uh, Cisco oh. is, see how I did there? Um, Cisco is seeing flashes of his dead brother. And so this this is where you really start to feel for Cisco. Yeah. Um, I know a lot of people have been disappointed that we've seen so much sad Cisco. And I think that's because they didn't actually see the act of Dante dying and didn't see the after effects of it. Right. And sort of seeing these flashes of Dante throughout the episode sort of made it more real. And you really feel bad for Cisco and realize why he was so angry at Barry. Even if, you know, deep down Cisco knows Barry can't change the timeline. You see why he would be angry. Exactly. Yeah, that's a really good point. Uh, we then find out that Julian, they do some research and they find out that Julian wrote a paper about the Philosopher's Stone uh, because they, they've they kind of narrowed it down to 
that it could be the philosopher's stone that's what um alchemy had and so they do research and they find out that julian wrote a paper about it how funny that julian of course is the one who wrote the paper about the philosopher's stone but i didn't realize this was a thing um this had been a thing in like uh popular culture before harry potter but apparently it has it is a real thing and it's been in the it's been in dc comics for a long time too so it's not like they just made it up as a gimmick with having uh tom felton on the show yeah it's just nice a fun a fun little uh and or not you know a fun little thing that happens because of that so um so barry goes and talks to julian about this paper and julian says that he never actually found the philosopher's stone which obviously we know is a lie um so barry decides to go to earth three to talk to jay garrick and uh there's just a random scene with mark hamill which it's just it's so great every time he's on the show and he's yeah so great in this too uh it's so fun how they uh, i i didn't even i almost missed it but they have that establishing shot of earth three and there is these two giant blimps mm-hmm. flying around and then that cuts right to mark hamill as the earth three trickster uh, i thought that was really funny because if you don't know the Batman the Animated Series, there was always blimps flying around Gotham, of course, mm-hmm. where Mark Hamill was the Joker. There's always got, uh, Gotham police blimps flying around just randomly, always in the background or a part of the story. So I thought that was a cool touch. Yeah. Uh, what did you think of Mark Hamill in this little scene? Yeah, he's he's great. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of bummed that there wasn't more of him. Yeah. Um, hopefully we see more of him in the future. But how awesome is it? How awesome is this show in Mark Hamill that he just shows up? I mean, what, a day of filming right. for a, a 90 second part in this TV show? That, that's awesome. Shows you how much of a fan Mark Hamill is to a DC show or to DC in general and how much, uh, uh, how cool this show is. Yep. Uh, so Barry brings Jay back to Earth One after we see that little scene. Um, and he's asked, basically, he wants to know about Savitar. Um, and Jay explains to him that. Savitar was the first man to ever get speed, and um, he's threatened by Barry. So Barry is the first person to actually threaten him, um, and that's why he's trying to find him and stop him, basically. Uh, and then it got established in the last episode that HR and Wally were going to be training together, and so we get to see that, and it's just HR telling Wally to run real fast. That's that's good coaching right there, <laughs> right? <laughs> There might be times when you want to run slow, but you should just run fast then. That's a that's a really good mindset. I, I, didn't I think, think about that. I, I don't think you could coach as well as HR, but you might be second. <laughs> uh, so Barry and Jay go to confront Alchemy and Savitar because they see that there's like a, an energy spike or something. So they know that Alchemy is using uh, his the Philosopher's Stone. And they find, they find out that it's Julian. They take off the mask, you know, big reveal. Finally, Barry knows that it's Julian who is alchemy um, and they lock him up and Julian is pretending or really isn't, doesn't know that he's alchemy. So they think he's pretending, but he really like doesn't know that he's ever alchemy. So this, this is what I was hoping that they were going to do. And they did do it so that he's kind of like this Jekyll and Hyde character. Right. Uh, then to get Julian to believe him, Barry does what he always does, that he's really He's really bad at keeping a secret. He like takes his, his mask go-to off. Move. Right. <laughs> it's like if he's in line to buy a scoop of ice cream and they're like, I'm sorry, sir, that coupon expired. You can't have half price ice cream. He would take his mask off and be like, okay, now you know my secret. Now you got to give me half price ice cream. Absolutely. That's how he does it. I think that would happen. Anyways, that was weird. Um, <laughs> so Julian's bit 
blacking out, forgetting stuff. Um, and he explains that his sister's ghost came and told him where to find the stone and that he needed it to get her back. Um, and so obviously this is what's happening with Cisco. Uh, his brother shows up again and tells him to open the stone to bring him back. Um, Cisco does that because he wants to see Dante again, obviously. And Savitar shows up because he opened um, the Philosopher's Stone. Um, Wally gets to help fight him now. So we get to see him again kind of go into action and save the day, which he's done a few times now. He's kind of, he's proved himself, I'd say. Sort of. He always ends up hurt, but yeah. He, uh, <laughs> but I think he's, people are starting to realize he's useful. Right. Um, Caitlin kind of talks Cisco off the ledge, uh, tells him to close the box because, you know, it's not real. Dante's not real. He's dead. I mean, Dante's real. He's really dead. But this Dante that's appearing to you is not real. Um, there we go. That, that clears it up. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, so Cisco closes the box. Alchemy goes away. Or not Alchemy, sorry. Savitar goes away. Um, and so they kind of, through this, find out that there really isn't an Alchemy. It's just Savitar um, possessing the host, basically. Whoever opens the box, um, he like talks through them, makes them do stuff. Uh, so he's just been talking through Julian, kind of possessing him this whole time. And so they come up with the idea of, we want to talk to Savitar and figure out what his problem is. Like, why are you messing with us? And so they sink Julian's brain with the box. Um, it's kind of funny the way they do it. They're like, okay, count count to 10, and then we'll see how long it takes, basically. And he just like says one number, falls asleep. <laughs> and like, oh, well, how long does it take now? And he just wakes up screaming <laughs> immediately. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but Savitar's talking through Julian. Um and he says, I know your destinies. One shall betray you, one shall fall, and one shall suffer a fate worse than death. What do you think of this whole like possession, Savitar telling people their destinies kind of thing? Yeah, kind of kind of creepy and weird. Right. I think we know who the one shall fall is from what we saw later. Yeah. And we know we can guess who the one shall betray you is. Um, I would guess that would be Caitlin. Yeah. Um, but who suffers the fate worse than death? Who do you think uh, that could be? I don't know. I'm assuming Barry. Barry. Well, yeah, yeah he's always he's always <laughs> got a terrible fate. Poor right. guy. <laughs> Nothing goes right for him. Yeah. Um, but Savitar explains. So basically, he explains why he's mad at Barry. Barry's future self trapped Savitar in eternity, and so that's why he's mad at him. So he's doing all this to try to break himself out and to get revenge on Barry. Future Barry sounds awesome. I know he's doing all kinds traps, of great stuff. <laughs> trap Savitar in Eternity. We know he he uh, took care of, beat beat the snot out of Reverse Flash in the future. So yeah. he sounds pretty cool. I want to see more of Future Barry. Yeah. Speaking of Future Barry, um, Jay and Barry or Jay kind of tells Barry that the way to get rid of the Philosopher's Stone is to throw it into the Speed Force, and so they run around real fast and Barry runs behind him and then uses the slipstream to gain a boost and throw the stone, I guess. Yeah. Science. Right. Um, they run real fast and then throw something. Yeah. So, but in doing that, Barry gets thrown five months into the future. So he gets to see him future self. Um, and he sees Barry himself and he sees Savitar holding Iris and Savitar kills Iris, and he's not fast enough to stop it happening. What did you think of this, Tom? Yikes. Uh, <laughs> I, yeah, I, I don't know. Um, I'm assuming Barry's going to stop that, but 
I don't know. Hope, right? Yeah, I don't. I don't know how this is going to play out and how it's. Yeah, I, I don't know where they're going with this. Like how it's going to play out for the rest of the season. I would assume that's the season finale or close to it. So yeah, it's just going to be a lot of build up, and Barry's going to be trying to prevent that exact thing from happening. Yeah, and so that's basically like his focus. The rest of the episode is trying to figure out how he can stop that from happening. Um, Jay kind of counsels him and tells him that you know you can't ever go back there. You don't don't need to go to the future like that's bad bad things happen when you try to go to the future um but he explains that the future is not set in stone right there's infinite possibilities and we don't know what the future is going to be even if we don't even if we visited it right now exactly and so but obviously i mean barry's pretty upset by that he does not want iris to die (laughs) obviously yeah (laughs) yeah um so but they get past that jay goes back to to his earth um and they have a the Christmas party that they wanted to have because it's also Christmas time in this episode. Um, and they give Wally his suit as a gift, so that's that's great. I, yeah, that's kind of a that's kind of a cool thing. Everybody's sort of finally accepted Wally yeah. and give him his. They're going to be calling him Kid Flash. Yeah. So I'm excited to see you know Barry and Kid Flash teaming up and beating people up. So that's right. Yeah. Uh, then Julian shows up at the party. Originally, he said he wasn't going to come. Um, but he shows up and he's way happier now and he has gotten Barry his job back because he didn't actually like turn in the resignation or he, it didn't go through yet. So he stopped that from happening, which is nice of him. Uh, and then Barry gives Iris her present, which is he got a lease in an apartment that they can move in together because he wants to spend every moment he can with her because she's going <laughs> to die. It's not, it's not creepy at all. <laughs> um, yeah, that actually kind of looked like at first time I, I saw it, it kind of looked like professor wells slash eobard thon's house from the the first season yeah that we saw in one episode i think and i wondered if barry got that from uh as part of his inheritance from <laughs> from dead wells slash thon but uh i guess he leased it so that's a different thing or maybe the set was already built and they didn't feel like making another one well that's the logical <laughs> reason yes <laughs> sorry um so anyways yeah that's how the the episode ends um like i said there's a there's a lot going on um a lot of stuff they've set up again um and some stuff got resolved i'm really glad that julian and barry can kind of be friends now uh, because i really like tom felton and his character and i'm really glad that it was just it wasn't really him so he's not actually a bad guy i feel like somebody might have predicted that early in this season yeah i don't know who yeah, I don't. I don't remember who either. Probably but somebody I feel pretty like smart. One of the two of us. <laughs> one of the two of us predicted that, and it definitely wasn't you. Yep. <laughs> of course, saying that, and Julian could still turn evil. So I'm not calling it a win just yet. But I'm glad. Yeah, I'd, I don't know that I'd call them friends, but I think they're getting along and willing to work with each other, and that's a cool thing. Yeah. So I think now Julian probably will not be so hard on Metas, which is why they introduced um, what's the new detective's name. Patterson. Patterson, the guy who will. There's got to be somebody at the police department that hates metahumans. So, right. Um, I, I will say HR was awesome to me in this episode. Yes. All of his stuff was really funny. Uh, he was good. Good training with with Wally. He was good later at Star Labs, and he was really hilarious at the the Christmas party <laughs> with with all the eggnog he yes. had. He was just everything about him. He's totally over the top and ridiculous, but it works yeah like we've been saying this season there there's a fine line where it could be too much of him um and they 
at least for me, they haven't crossed it yet. They've just been delivering the right amount of him, the right comedic amount of him. Um, and it's just been a lot of fun to see him. Right. It fits in very well. Yeah. And it's funny. So, Savitar calls him the fake Wells. <laughs> right. <laughs> that was pretty funny. Uh, so, uh, so do you think um, Julian and Caitlin, there seem to be, maybe there's something going on there? Yeah. I think they might be setting them up to be maybe love interests because obviously she's she's concerned about him. She's the one who like convinces him to come to the party and um i don't know she could just feel bad she almost froze him to death that's that there is that too but it would yeah it kind of felt like something was going on there i thought it seems like every time a new guy is introduced (laughs) caitlin just flocks to him right uh so i hope part of me hopes they don't do that but i like julian so i'm hoping he stays good yep the other interesting thing is she uses her powers to make it snow and I was just thinking that that would probably take quite a bit of power. I think that would like maybe push her closer to the killer frost edge, but evidently it didn't. Uh, just just one house. Right. <laughs> just one house of snow. That's all you need. Yep. It's the Christmas spirit. <laughs> all right. Well, that's all we've got for today. Thanks for listening. We'll be back again tomorrow. Thanks for listening. And make sure to check out DC Daily Drop on Twitter, Facebook, and DCDailyDrop.com. Drop by tomorrow for more DC news.